You're listening to the Coach and Joe Podcast, conversations on friendship with God. Welcome to the Coach and Joe Podcast. I'm here with the infamous Will Hacker, who now lives in Nevada. I never think about Nevada much. When I think of Nevada, I think hot. I think of on my way to like a Rams game if I'm driving through. Mm. I'm glad you're here. We just did a podcast on what God did with you in the making of the movie. Now, let's get into the movie. Yep. Finger of God, part two. Boom. What uh, I read an article in Christianity Today. No, sorry, Charisma Magazine uh, that I think Darren wrote, but or both of you. It was an interview. This one has a very pastoral feel. So my buddy who's sitting right beside us right now, Darren, his assignment on the earth is to honestly pop balloons, yeah, to trigger, uh, you yeah. know, the religious spirit, and this this to me is like the other side of the coin. So we're big believers here in Bridgeway at Paradox. All five of our core values are through the lens of Paradox. This this one's probably the most pastoral feel from any movie that WP Films has done. Is that true? Yeah, I think that it comes from the fact that Darren is a writer. He's it, you know, not a theologian, but he's an educator. And I am, you know, pastor's heart pastor for 15 years. And so I, I, I don't have it in me necessarily to be able to tick people off for the sake of uh, getting them to wrestle with things. I have to have more of a, a wrap up feel, but I would say this is that um, I've, I have found in, in the, in the people who've watched it, the responses that we're getting, I mean, people are getting healed in the middle of the movie. People are being delivered from demons in the middle of the movie, which is really honestly surprising for me. Uh, and a little bit weird having not come from a charismatic background. Yeah. But, uh, there, I, the, even the pastors the, the, uh, we had in Lakeland, the pastor got up and started crying afterwards and repenting. Tell me about the movie. Uh, so, Ten years ago, Finger of God comes out. Uh, comes out it's of Darren's been ten years. Holy smokes! Yeah, comes wow. out, out of out of Darren's uh, garage and uh, self packing some of the DVDs, uh, self labeling. And so his question as a skeptic was: uh, you know, Are miracles real? Is God still in the business of miracles? And then you have uh, you know Finger of God, Father of Lights, and you have this uh, this growth plate for Darren. Uh, watching him uh, grow not only in his personal relationship, but his ability to tell a story, his ability to to uh, share uh, what God's doing around the world. And in I come, and I'm like, from the evangelical perspective, we ask one question. If God's really doing those miracles, if it's really real, what's the point? Why? We don't need, in the megachurch world, in the evangelical world, we have form and function. We we have small groups and funnels to get people in the door and then through a process of discipleship. We don't need, quote-unquote, the Holy Spirit to move in such a manner that creates revival. We create a system so that people can be filled with the Spirit, understand the Word of God, and then start walking in righteousness. And so what's the point? What's the point of miracles? Where What has happened in the last 10 years? And I think that... That has been a huge thing for my own life. In this film, what are we going after in our relationship with God? And the thing that God has been answering for so many people 
is I, it's time for me to be activated in the thing that God promised. And I know that he gave me a promise, and it's time for me to start walking in it. Speaking of activation, just in my relationship with you playing golf, you said that China deeply, your trip to China deeply impacted your life. Yep. Like beyond the film. It uh, seemed to really activate you and this film. Is that true? It beyond true. And you know, having uh planted second generational Chinese churches, I thought like I kinda knew everything there was about China and and it, and my wife is Taiwanese, so yeah, I got the Chinese culture down. You when I went to China, I saw more miracles than I had ever seen in my entire life. In in moments where the Holy Spirit was working in unbelievable ways. I mean, impartations of gifts. I was getting words of knowledge over uh, and and prophesying over businessmen to even be able to film. The Lord was giving me words. Um, and when I say words, like he, I, I was getting stories. I, I got invited to this dinner where uh, this guy owned the John Hancock Tower version of China. Uh, of a Chinese city. I don't want to name the city. And there's one table and there's 15, 20 different servants. And I mean, we are eating good and I don't know who this guy is. And the Lord gives me a word, this story of boats and images of waves. And I don't understand any of it. And I'm like, I am not sharing that. I'm a Lord. I'm not telling that story. I'm not sharing that story. And uh, him and I fight for a good hour over it. And I'm like, I'm not sharing. I This is not the place, God. This is not the time. And so finally, and I only have a half a story. So finally I, I ask, you know, can I, can I share a story? And uh, it all gets through the translator. I stand up 20 minutes later, I sit down, everybody's in silence. And it is like stunned silence. And I, I just kind of eke out. So does that, uh, does that mean anything to you? You know, <laughs> he looks at us says, you and you, talks to the translator, you and you, I want you with me right now. It takes us into a locked room. That locked room goes into a safe room each time there's a pass, and he's got the only pass. And so he starts yelling at us. He starts screaming at the translator. turns out that the things that I was saying and the things I was sharing were so close to what the government was was pressing in on him. He actually houses... uh, uh, churches, Chinese underground churches in his hotels that he owns. And they, the government came about a month ago to the hotel and said, this hotel now belongs to us. The hotel, the whole hotel lost it. And he has a whole chain of them. He has multiple chains of them. And he's very connected to the communist board. Point is when he finds out that I didn't know any of that, I wasn't part of the government. I wasn't part of a sting. And that I prophesied that he had a heart issue and it needed to be healed. He knew it had to be gone. Because he had a heart attack the day before. No way. And no one knew. So he brings in his wife. We share Jesus, pray over her. She finds out he's a Christian for the first time. Shut up. Yeah. Then... Is this in the movie? No. And that's the thing. He then says, whatever you want to film. This is how I got to film in China. Whatever you want to film, I will tell them to let you film. That's how I got to film in China. So he, like over here, he's, he's like a bishop. He's over that many other leaders? Uh, no, he is, he is a businessman who pays for 300 pastor salaries. Yeah, no, no, I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying. But yeah. like in the spiritual realm, he yeah. has that much influence 
that him saying correct him giving the decree yes. opens up however many doors you need. No, that is that that is so 100%. God connected you with the biggest person a piece he could. Correct, have. correct. And and then I'm spending I'm having dinners and spending days and weeks with the head of the underground church and yep yep from that one conversation. And here's a you know you hit upon probably the most influential moment for me in the film in my relationship with the Lord is the Lord said. Um, and Darren and I talked about this, and Darren actually spoke into it before the filming. He said, he says, you're not going to do this for God. You're going to do this with God. Darren said that? Yeah. yeah. And so um, I kind of went into it like, all right, you and me, God, we're going to do this together. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The Lord gave me, I would say, 10 to 15 massive, massive miracles that like, I can't even begin to tell you the ramification of those mm-hmm. miracles and what it did in my spirit. None of those are in the film. And what the Lord was saying is, I'm going to give you something for the world to see. I'm going to give you miracles that the world is going to see and see my glory. They're going to understand my heart for them. They're going to understand how I love them through what you film. But I'm also going to give you 10 to 15 moments between you and I that are in the secret place that are not yeah. for anyone else but you and me. And he protected that for me. When when you and I played golf recently... um. Uh, well, number one, I beat you pretty bad. That's true. I outdrove you. And yeah, that's that was cute. <laughs> um, you said uh, on the back nine, you got emotional, and you said the last scene in the movie is what got you. Yeah. Why? Uh, because that's when you realize, um, no matter how much you think that you're in control, or how much how much how much weight is on your shoulders, really, the Lord's one hundred percent got it, and it it, is, it has nothing to do with you in the sense that you're just partnering with what the Lord is doing. And it's the most fantastic feeling. So we pack up. We're in Ghana, hundreds of thousands of people on the field. And, right, it's the first thing that I'm filming. You're, 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 you're in a crusade, and you're holding a camera, and you realize this isn't about how well I can film. This isn't how, how, how much uh, I can judge the aperture and, and, the, and the shutter speed and, and, and the depth of field. It, this is, you have to point the camera at one person amongst hundreds of thousands of people, and that person better be getting a miracle. Otherwise, you can't, you can't go back home with film of, yeah, no, about an hour ago, someone got healed. Here's their, here, yeah. here they're walking around. So how do you know? where to point the camera. It was really intimidating. But the Lord did it, and we went face-to-face, toe-to-toe with, uh, with the king. Any uh, we, dangerous moments? Uh, I, okay. I, probably the dumbest moment, and we're in the country for about two hours, and I'm... In China? No, this is in Ghana. Ghana. I, I'm, I'm, fly, I'm flying a drone on top, of a, on top of a van that's moving about 15 miles an hour. Take your time. You're a great storyteller, and I'm, I'm picturing you in Ghana. <laughs> yep. Whatever's about to happen will not. Yeah, surprise I'm flying me. a drone, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know, rookie rookie filmmaker, like this yeah. is my big moment. So I'm like, I'm Mission Impossible in it, yeah. right? I'm on top of the van, and uh, so I'm flying it, and I'm getting some great shots, man, of this caravan because we're getting summoned to the king. So I, there's 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 armed guards, right? And I'm getting these great shots. Well, the, it hits an RF patch, and an RF patch is like unshielded wires, right? There's this. It's, it's, it's a signal that the, the drone can't handle. And zoom, it flies away. And it's gone. It's gone in the air. And I'm on a van that can't stop. And I'm sitting on the... So I'm like, you got to make a decision. Do you go to the king and film what the Lord brought you there for? Or do you go get the drone that's thousands of dollars and you need it for the rest of the trip? 
And so I make the uh, the super spiritual decision to go get the drone. <laughs> so I'm like, I have to get the drone. So we drive around. The driver is Nigerian. He's not even uh, from Ghana. He doesn't know where he's going. We're looking up in the sky. Can't see it. It's thousands and thousands of feet up in the air. It's miles away now. It, I can't find it. There's The GPS tracker isn't working because we're in a third world country. And so the driver keeps on saying, we found it. I'm like, where is it? Where is it? <laughs> and he goes, I don't know. I go, don't tell me that we found it then. It turns out he meant we found it, question mark. Like, we found it? But he didn't know how to explain that. So he says it like three or four times. I'm yelling at the Nigerian driver. I'm freaking out. There's 30 seconds on the battery. Finally, like, I spot myself in the, the whole thing. It landed, right? Got it in my hand. Feels so good. But I was, I mean, I was a little anxious. Yeah. A so, little outside John 15, 1 through that's, 5. That's correct. Now, I have no idea where everybody went. We have no cell phones. And I said to God, all right, I heard you do this, and I'm going to need you to do it for me. Where am I going? You got to give me the directions. So, so we're driving. And I don't know if you've ever done this before, but I'm, I'm just driving. I'm like, uh, a left. I think right. I heard a left. Yeah, right. I think I heard a right. Now, it's all, it's all BS. There's, it's not real. It's just me. Saying left and right, like there's, you know, like in your spirit, you know, this is not, this is not the Lord. I'm just making things up because I, I'm so desperate, right? I'm going to miss the biggest moment of filming because of the stupid drone. Anyways, we're driving along. Uh, we've been driving for about 10 minutes and we are lost. I have no cell phone service. I'm like, we lost it. I don't know where the King is. I have no idea where, where Daniel Kalenda is, who leads the crusade. These two armed soldiers with AK-47 stop the van they in the middle of the street they stop our van and board it now it's that part is in the film it's not fully uh i don't work it all out because of the fact that like it's too much to work out but i thought in that moment this is how you disappear yeah. this is how this is no cell phone service third world country absolutely it's ak-47s it are, happens that's it, it does happen this is how you just well we don't know what happened we're going to send some, we're going to, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're going to do a Kickstarter to go find Will. And, uh, so they start yelling at the driver. We drive for about 15 minutes the whole time. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. Mike is holding a cell phone, like, like next to him, like kind of filming it. Like, uh, we show up at the, at the King's palace. We drive us right in, and we wouldn't have been able to get in because it was guarded by armed guards, and because the armed soldiers, we never talked to them. They didn't even speak English. They just brought us straight there. I went from the most scared I was to the happiest I've ever been. Then, where did you think he was taking you? I, honestly, I thought we were going because the, the whole bad. well, the whole country is Muslim. It's uh, it's seventy eighty percent Muslim. So it wasn't like, and we are the only white people. And we walk into the king's king's court, right? And then like things are settling down, right? No, there's people yelling. There's Daniel's actually preaching the blood of Jesus to the Muslim king, and I'm like, this isn't cool either. Like, what is? Did you film that? Yeah, yeah, it's in the film. That is actually in the film, and the resolution is also in the film. I'm excited about watching it tonight. Yeah, Yeah, it's. So there was a lot of moments, uh, you know, in China, it's funny. I thought that I was going to film a gigantic miracle. I thought like, this is, this is the biggest one. It took so much effort to get to where I could film. Mm-hmm. 
And what the Lord ends up doing is he shows me how much he loves us. And he says, this is, this is the miracle I want you to film. And it's going to change the world. And Darren and I have talked about it. It's one of the most peaceful moments in the entire film. And you are just like, I get it. I get how much you love me. I get it. So in Ghana, it finishes like this. We, we have this gigantic miracle. I mean, right? Almost get kidnapped. End of the day, this woman who literally gets dragged through the mud, just she's in a wheelchair. And the Lord says, I want you to go interview her. And I'm like, you do not want to hear what that woman has to say about you. And him and I have an all-out conversation. I, everything's packed up. The, the Everything's done. Everything's... And in my conversation with her, I probably cried for about 45 minutes straight. And the Lord just spoke straight through her. And I, it changed everything. It changed everything about the film. And the Lord said, this is the last thing that anyone will remember about how much I love them. Now go make the rest of the movie. Me, for me, you, Darren, in here, and the rest of us, we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day, Bama seat in the Greek. Think of it as like that uh, in the Olympics, you hand out the rewards or mm-hmm. awards. What what drives you? What What is it when you stand before him on mm. that day? And it's coming. Mm. What do you... What do you want to hear him say? You know, uh, it's funny. You know, we were in uh, Pennsylvania doing the at the VOAs. That's where we did all the interviews for, or most of the interviews for the film. And you were my first interview, and that's total provision from the Lord, right? Because we're friends, and I got to kind of settle into it. And you're an easy interview because you know you got about five hundred clever sayings just in your back pocket. And uh, but you said, you know. One of the most profound things, and I always, I always put an Al Pacino uh, uh, version to it. You know, a little, <laughs> you say, uh, "When I leave my body, <laughs> what's really gonna matter?" <laughs> and I think that that's really honestly. And you then share that the thing that drives you, or at least why is the thing that you think is going to matter, is that you're going to walk in friendship out of this life having the same conversation mm-hmm. as into the next. Mm-hmm. And I'd say this is that I, I care way less about what's coming and way more about what's now. I'm not so interested. I, I can't even fathom what that's going to be like, but I am enjoying the heaven and the conversation I'm having so much right now. I, I love this whole process of filming. I've loved every second whether it's in the editing and hitting buttons and him telling me what to edit or whether it's where to point the camera when I'm standing in front of 200,000 people. I just want to hear his voice. I want to be as close to him as I possibly can get. And whatever storm it is, whatever destination is, that's the only thing that matters. You know, it's funny. Uh, you gave the first message you, you ever gave uh, when I was here when I moved to Greenville, South Carolina, was uh, on Peter. And it was, uh, it was a really good message. But springboard off of that, probably like three years later, Lord, I'm, I'm working through that same message. Mm-hmm. And you gave a great message about, um, you know, about, about the storm, about the faith, about not, not worrying about failing. And 
the Lord said to me very clearly about uh, Peter. He said, the storm's still raging, but only one was being held by me. The other 11, they're not bad Christians, they're not bad people, they're not mm-hmm. bad disciples, but only one got to hold me. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to be the other 11 in the boat. Yeah, I, that that drives me. I That terrifies me to be someone that would be hanging on to something other than him. Because either way, your storm's coming. If you're not in one now, brace yourself. After Florence, there's going to be another one, right? Yep. yep. You were talking a second ago. We'll close here. I think a great resource to help people get to where you're talking about is a book by Brother Lawrence called Practicing the Presence of God. Mm. It really influenced me to practice constant prayer um, without stopping. You know, once you begin to hear his voice, and by the way, I don't even really call it prophetic. Like, I don't use all the charismatic terms. Yep. It's just your friendship, friends with God. You know? And uh, so uh, on behalf of Will and I and WP, in the name of Jesus, I just bless anyone who's listening to us. If you desire to be really good friends with God, may you decide perhaps for the first time in your life to stop making any excuse for why you don't have what you have with him. Get out of the boat. Go in peace. God bless. You've been listening to Coach and Joe. For more information and additional content, please visit bridgewaynetwork.org.